Anime Pulse, episode raining it's not raining here it's raining over there eh yeah it's been like raining for three days now mm. uh, which isn't a bad thing except that it's kind of just misting so it's not really rain right it's that annoying type of like rain where it's like you go outside and you're like oh it's not oh damn it because your skin starts to get wet and it's like you can't do anything umbrellas can't stop it the umbrella does nothing yeah, and also, like, my car doesn't think that it's enough rain, so the windshield wipers aren't working effectively. Oh, you have automatic windshield wipers? No. Oh. It just, they keep on, like, it's just like, oh, there's not enough water, so we're just gonna, like, skip around on your windshield. Ooh. Never, never a good thing. Sounds yep. like you need new windshield wipers. Again. Again. Gotta replace them every, like, six or so months or something like that. It has not been that long. It's been, like, maybe two? Oh, well, maybe your windshield, did you properly clean it before installing the windshield wipers? I haven't washed my car in a while. Yeah, that might be the reason. <laughs> if you put new windshield wipers on a dirty windshield, they'll uh, immediately, like, start just basically... Because uh, you have grease in the front of your windshield after you drive it for a while. They'll just start smearing the grease around, and uh, you might think that the uh, the grease would help it smoothly slide, but no, it skips it, and it will ding up your windshield if it gets anything caught in the grease. Yeah, the reason that I had to put on new windshield wipers in the first place was because I was driving one day. Um, and this was right around, this was, a uh, like, driving to my mother's house so that I could go to Otakon. Um, it was pouring out, and my windshield wiper just snapped in half. It went flying in the traffic. Hmm. And, uh, it was the most frightening thing of my life, because obviously you have to turn off your windshield wipers because it's gonna, like, scratch a, like, big line into your right. windshield if you don't. 
And so I'm driving, it's like torrential downpouring rain, and I can't see anything. It was like the scariest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, I actually had to drive through some of that coming, uh, coming home from what I did this past week. So who, uh, who was it that uh, went first with their news? Was it you? Um, or not news, uh, IRL. IRL news. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Our order has been all over the place recently. Yeah, we kind of just forget. You know, the week just <laughs> kills, and then you like, huh? What happened last week? Oh, right. That was a thing. That was a thing indeed. Um, I think you might have gone first, because you... You told us about your uh, plan for... Um... Plan for the future. Yes. <clears throat> All right, so did you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So I've been working on a video project. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but uh, it's about hentai. Hmm. Go figure, the host of Dark, of After Dark is doing a video presentation about hentai. Yes. Who could have guessed? <laughs> well, in the beginning of the, um, <clears throat> like the first, maybe one minute, the first minute or so, I have a picture of me and have, it has an arrow drawn, it just says pervy podcast host. <laughs> um... Yeah, so it's about hentai and also about fan service in general and how it kind of affects women and, like, you know, the violence that you find in hentai and how common the tag of forced is, which is, like, your polite way of saying rape. Hmm. Yeah, and so uh, just talking about that and talking about how basically we're all kind of compliant in this idea of, like, hurting women. That's like, not... Even if that's e not very nice. No, it's not. But it has to be a political video, so... Even if I feel like I'm stretching it a bit... <laughs> Politics. Because I, I just know I'm going to get fucking somebody on Twitter like, I don't do that to women. I'm going to be like, good that I'm not talking about you, buddy. That's generalization. You can't break down all men into the same category. I'm not talking That's about nice. all men. That's nice. I'm just talking about some of you. Yeah, if somebody makes a generalization and says, like, oh, all men, all white people, all straight people, then they're doing it out of anger. And you need to be confident in your own, in yourself enough to be like, okay, they're angry about something but and they're, they're not generalizing. Talking about me. Yeah, they're not talking about me. They're talking about those other crazy white, straight men. <laughs> Yeah. And chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, so I've been working on that, and so far it looks pretty good. I have, uh, I actually contacted you about it earlier in the week because 
I needed um, some anime that had some good fan service in it. And you were just like, I don't fucking know. But <laughs> and then I gave you a bunch of like, you know, this and this and that. And oh, yeah, this and this. Oh, and maybe this too and this. But I have no idea. <laughs> uh, well, it did help because I completely forgot about High School of the Dead. And I was just like, oh, it's got that great scene in it where like he's shooting the bullets. And they, like it goes it like goes, in between yeah. her boobs. Her boobs flap out of the way like Matrix style. It's like the Matrix of boobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he's firing the gun uh, from which is basically wrapped around another girl because he grabs yeah. it and he's like squeezing into it and like it's pressed up against her tits as he's firing it which that thing's gonna get hot when it fires so her boobs oh are my god yeah basically like, she's, like that's gotta there. fucking hurt like because you you like press on these things even a little bit too hard and it's like ow you have to do it right centrally massaging yes. and and other things that i've never done I don't know. You poke the nipple, or do you twist it? Uh, twisting comes after you've warmed up a little bit. Oh, okay. And if the girl is into that, she might be too sensitive for it. I hear some girls are into just being slapped, which I... If I had a girl who's just like, slap me in the face, I'd be like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> no, do it. And then, like, it'd be just like a little, like... Well, the, I don't think... You don't strike me as much of a sadist. You strike me as more of a masochist. Oh, yeah. I be the M. <laughs> but I'm not an M in the sense where it's like... It's like, yes, get the strap on. Uh, here comes the fun. No! <laughs> no! Keep that away from me. No, I'm more of the M in the sense, like... Well, you're submissive. Yeah, very submissive in the sense it's just a yes, I'll do anything you say. That's why when I have a daughter, she's just going to be like, buy me that. Yes, daughter. Give me this. <laughs> yes, daughter. This guy's beating me. He's being mean to me at school. I shall kill him. <laughs> and then the next day, it's like, Jimmy went missing. Oh, hey, that's, uh, that's weird. As I wipe the blood from the knife. Oh. How strange. Really oh, you'll be stairs. a great father. <laughs> I'll be the best. I like to imagine myself as like the big daddy from Bioshock. Not the not the rosy, but like the boomer. Where it's just mm -hmm. like, I'm just walking around all happy. I got my little s sister, who will be the daughter in my case, walking with me and stabbing people. And I'm just like, yes, you, have, you stab those people. I'll be right here. And then... <laughs> Someone Make sure like, that Ooh. she listens to this when you actually, like, have her. Yeah, because then she'll start stabbing people and like, it's okay, right, Daddy? I'm like, well, I did say at the time, damn it. <laughs> now I gotta deal with the cops. <laughs> um, let's see. What else did I do this week? Not a whole hell of a lot. I've just been kind of working on that one video project because it's taking up so much of my time. Oh, video projects are just going to... They take energy. Like, if you think working on this audio podcast is difficult, like, that's a cakewalk compared to the editing you have to do with a video presentation. Yeah, I know. And I am going to be using GarageBand to do my voiceover just because I know how to use it. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just put that over the 
images and rework them however I need to. I forget. Can you not use GarageBand to do to edit audio or uh, audio to video? Edit video. I don't think so. Hmm. I mean, that's why they got iMovie. Ah, yeah. I have a QuickTime, uh, QuickTime Seven Pro, which is something I bought way back in the day. Which is a very standard video editor. But I think I have stuff like iMovie and whatnot. I if you have a Mac, you should. Well, I deleted a lot of the applications that were default on Macs when I got them, because it's like, never going to use this, never going to use that, never going to use that. Goodbye. Well, yeah, I mean, you probably won't use iMovie, but unless, like, if you do get into college and you suddenly have a project where you have to make, like, a video or something, mm-hmm. then you're going to be like, ah, oh, shit! <laughs> I just, I don't think I'll have anything for, uh, oh, which, yeah, I have news about that, but uh, I don't think I'll ever make any, uh, like, videos for an English class, or even Japanese. Maybe the Japanese class, like, if they're like, do a, a like, a, a silly commercial for a Japanese, like, tour thing or something, it's like, okay. Have to find a bunch of sakura trees, that's original. Cool, cool. All right, so uh, what happened in your week? My week was pretty interesting. So I got news back that uh, Albany University has gotten my application, and I've applied for my FAFSA. Awesome. I have uh, basically a little under $6,000 in Pell Grant support and uh, uh, $10,500 in uh, a loan approved loan immediately (laughs) oh cool yeah so basically that would handle all the tuition uh and i can increase that if i need be which i would because i'd be living off campus uh closer to albany because i wouldn't want to live in amsterdam and have to do the uh, trek all the way from amsterdam into albany because that would be a 45 minute drive to and fro and while I do like this place, I would like to experience living on my own, I or uh, living with a, a roommate or housemate. Yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Yeah. And of course, it would bring me really close. You know, a 15 minute drive compared to a 45 minute drive, there is a difference. Oh yeah, definitely. There is a dif- there is a difference because my trek to school is like forty five minutes right now, and God, do I hate it! Next semester, hopefully, I'll be moving back on campus. Can't we? Can't we? I'd love to do that. They even have really nice dormitories and whatnot. But for one, uh, was one year of. Of uh, staying, or I think, no, it's one semester, I think. It's either one semester or one year. It's $8,000 for yeah. for a standard sharing a room with another person room, which is the cheapest they got. $8,000? No, thank you. It's so much more expensive where I go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I I already have a $16,000 loan from my last college, and it's like, oh, I really don't want to add to that, but if it'll get me my bachelor's degree and get me in a jet, I'll do it. 
I just don't want, I didn't want to be become my parents who have st- had student loans until they were like 40 or 50. And it was like, ugh, that sounds I terrible. mean, most people are going to. Unless, of course, the government forgives them at some point in the future. Just like, yeah, we really should have had free education. Sorry about that. That would be nice. Like, yeah. Thankfully, I have not taken on that much for student loans. I think I have 10000 maybe. That's not bad. That's not bad. Compared to, like, everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, my student loans were the cheapest uh, comparatively to, like, Albany. Albany was going to be pretty darn expensive. Um, Where'd you go? I went to SCCC, or Schenectady County Community College. And they only cost something like, I think it was something like $6,500 a year. Oh, wow. Super cheap. They only offer associate's degrees, though. That's the thing. So oh. you have to transfer into a four-year college. Unless you're taking culinary, in which case you can do this weird program they have there where you can get a four-year degree from a different college while still attending SCCC. Huh. I know. Very odd. Weren't you in culinary? I was, but it turned out to be more of just a hobby because I was like, yeah, I got a presidential honors at BOCES. I've got this in the bag. Oh, dear God, you want me to cut it again to one quarter of an inch and it's not good enough? And 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 I have to. Oh, my. Oh, my. No, I have to. This class is as long as BOCES was. And I have 10 more classes after this. Kill me now. <laughs> It was not not fun. Yeah, I think Blonde went to culinary school. Makes sense. I could see her being like a housewife type. No, um, she works at, in an office, I believe. Makes sense. I could see her being an <laughs> office woman type. She's going to listen to this and be like, this is what I do, Rio. Now shut up. It's like I'm I'm just thinking that like, oh yeah. Maybe maybe Blonde's I, I actually she, like a spy or something like that. I mean that would be cool, but I, I she's told me that what she does before and it has to do with food. I know she works in an office. Um, but I don't remember exactly what it is. She's the chef for Obama. Yes. The office as in the head of state. Or the head of the all the states. Yes. I know government. Yeah, yeah, you do. Right. So uh, on Friday, however, I actually went and got some snow tires. Awesome. Yeah, $150 for a pair of four snow tires, which they have a lot of meat on them still. And these have copper, uh, have the uh, studs in them. Mm -hmm. So I am set for this winter. Come at me, winter. Please. Don't come at me. Just you know, <laughs> yeah, could avoid please. me. I'd love to continue to drive on semi, you know, cold ground is fine, but just don't ice over and snow everywhere. I don't like you. You made me crash twice last season. It wasn't fun. Jeez. Yeah. All in the same day, too. You need to be, like, more careful. You I seem was, to, like... <laughs> I was being very careful. It was an all-wheel drive car, and I was like, yeah, I can handle it. Driving slow at the speed of slow, and... You know, 
I start spinning out, and I was like, uh, oh, here comes a guardrail. I was like, oh, that sucked. Oh, and it was one of those bungee guardrails, too. Great. Yeah, my car looks like it just got wrapped up like a sausage. And then I just kept driving. I was like, okay, fucking, it sucked dick. But like, oh, no, it's spinning out again. Oh, no, I'm, I'm horizontal compared to a van that was trying to pass me on my right side. Why did you try to pass me? Ah, uh, crash. That must have been terrifying. I, it was terrifying for her, too, because... Like her face when I was like completely horizontal, just looking at her, just like, hey, how's it going? Gonna crash into you now. I can't stop. <laughs> so I was down in uh, Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And that was about an hour away from my mom. So I called up my mom. I was like, hey, mommy, I'm about an hour away from you. You want to hang out? And she's like, yeah. And so I went and saw my mommy. And uh, we hung out. We went to Cracker Barrel. I had a... Is Cracker Barrel any good? I've never actually been to one. It's an interesting experience. You get into a Cracker Barrel and immediately you're like, this isn't a restaurant. This is a, this is a, a, a country store. Or it's like they sell a bunch of miscellaneous knickknacks in front of it. But then it's like, oh yeah, there's the restaurants back there. The nice thing oh. about Old Country Buffet is they serve breakfast all day long. Um, the thing I don't really care about old country, old country buffet. The only thing I don't care about, uh, about them is the fact that they have, uh, country music playing every now and then. Sometimes it's okay. It's like, all right, this is very light country music, but sometimes it's like, my pancakes got soggy and my dog got run over. My girlfriend left me and my truck burned down. Yeehaw, And it's like, all right, I'll just go and put this sausage in my ear and this sausage in this ear, and there we go. Uh, but we ate there, and then afterwards we saw Deepwater Horizon because there was a movie okay. theater right next to us. Let me tell you about this movie theater. It was a Regal, or it's a uh, it's a Regal theater, and I was like, oh, you know, it's just going to be the same as any Regal theater. I get in there and I get the tickets, and at first I was like, this is weird. Because she's like, now pick your seats. And I was like, assigned seating? What? Oh, yeah, I've been to these. So I was like, all right, that's fine. Just I'll take those. And I got my, my favorite popcorn, which they still sell at this theater, and my, a drink. We got in there. And the seats are basically lazy boys. And they're so far apart that there's no way you can put your feet on the seat in front of you or behind you or anything like that. And it reclines. You hit a button and it reclines and it has a little tray in front of you and stuff. I was like, this is amazing. Why don't all theaters have this? I mean, the Crossgates and Colony theaters are huge. This theater, why? Why? This theater barely had anyone in it and Colony and Crossgates have people in them like, fucking jam-packed in there it's like you gotta have these seats this is amazing this is great i loved it i actually got to sit in one of those when i went to go see the wind rises Mm -hmm. that was the time except for the fact that i got a massive migraine and we had to leave early Mm. but saw the movie it was a great movie first good movie i've seen in the past like three movies i've seen uh 
great movie. Jason or Jason Bourne, yeah. Um, Matt Damon <laughs> played an okay, played a pretty good role. But there was this guy named Mr. Jimmy in the movie who's like the uh, the guy who runs the the oil rig, and he was a really good actor. Like, oh, there's just this one part where like he gets really hurt and he has to pull the shard of like glass out of his foot. And it's just like this long and painful thing because it's really in there. And then he has to put a boot on after that. And it's, oh, and he did a really good job. And like you kind of felt like you really respected the man at first because he was taking care of the rig and he was upset that they weren't paying attention to procedures, uh, BP not paying attention for procedures. And like he gets really hurt and it's just like, you feel bad for the guy, and it's, it's just like, oh, Mr. Jimmy. But yeah, great movie. Had a really good time with my mom. Um, got some snow tires now. Uh, the uh, Got my unemployment coming. Hey! Yeah, I, I finally got them to uh, factor in the alternate base period, so now I have uh, basically about $250 a week coming towards me for free. Yay. Yay. So that will actually last right up until August the 8th. So I'm good until next year because I can continue to try to look for work, but I really don't think I'm going to find anything. Uh, and I'll just go back to go back to university. Let's go back yeah, to college, get my degree and go from there. Yeah, let's hope you uh, get in. Yeah, that's the last thing I need to hear now is I just have to wait from wait for Albany to get back to me and basically say, you're in. Don't fuck up. <laughs> You'll do fine. Right. Oh, I've, I've hopefully I've matured enough that I understand now that when you're in school, it's uh, college. It's work. It's a job. When you're in high school, you can fuck off and fuck around and get blowjobs in the bathroom all you want. But you can't do that in college. I mean, you could get the blowjobs in the bathroom, but you'd better be studying at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Better be practicing your Japanese. Each knee san. <laughs> Watch it with the teeth. Yeah, that was my my week. I've had good times. Well, that's good. So I guess then that brings us to our industry news. Yes, and uh, I believe that Hmm. Again, who went first last week? Yeah, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to go first? Sure, go ahead. All right. I got a bit of news here about a anime director who says that anime is dead. Anime is dead, huh? Yes. The anime well, I happen to disagree, but okay. In question is Yutaka uh, Yamamoto, who is the director behind the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Lucky Star and Wake Up Girls. Oh, he hasn't done anything in ages. 
Uh, he actually proclaimed at an event in Osaka that anime is dead. His uh, statement being influenced by Toshio Okada's, uh, who was a former Ginax staffer and cultural commentator, who earlier pronounced that otaku is dead on September the 27th. Okada and Yamamoto actually sat down for a conversation at which the latter explained what he meant by anime is dead. While Okada meant that generational differences among otaku were fracturing the tribal mentality that distinguished the subculture, Yamamoto stressed that, quote, the end of anime, unquote, was a more personal thing for him. Anime has steadily oh. moved the opposite away from what I do. Uh, he says that he feels that Moe is becoming fascist in the sense that its depiction is controlled by unwritten rules. Don't show panties. Showing panties is in line with male desires, so let's show them. Yamamoto prefers to operate by his own rules, but gets criticism when he does, so he claim, and so he claims he can't handle it at times. Hmm. Okada followed up the conversation by asking Yamamoto if the kind of anime that made him want to enter the industry had disappeared. Yamamoto largely agreed, remembering that he felt as if an era had ended when Hayao Miyazaki retired. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be retired forever. Yeah, he said when he watched Your Name, he felt as if he still had friends and still had hope. But he feels that the times have mostly changed. Says, I feel like I'm already alone. And laments the lack of anime he knows, like Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, or the original Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, Okada even went on to mock the more recent Evangelion movies for their zombie-like fixation with Moe characters. On the other hand, Yamamoto later praised a trend he described towards producing anime geared towards non-anime fans, using the metaphor of a crowd surging through the walls of a fortress. He says that many anime fans have girlfriends and other hobbies and defy the otaku stereotype. Movies like Godzilla Resurgence, Your Name, In the Corner of This World, and Zootopia fit this category. Okada noting that these sorts of anime are not geared towards selling merchandise. Hmm. Yeah. So basically the a somewhat, you know, prominent director stating that anime is dead to him. And that he was uh basically saying, you know, reminiscing on Hayao Miyazaki saying like, "Ah, he made the best stuff." Things these days, which, you know, sometimes I even feel like I can agree to, that it's kind of cookie cutter. It's just like, you know, like, school, high school romance, boy meets girl. Bam! Okay, that's been well, done a million that, times. That's why you kind of have to go looking for the good stuff. Like, 91 Days was a good one this past season. Um, Bungo Stray Dogs is good. Which is getting another season. Amen. Yeah, and you'll be able to enjoy that coming up in the uh, the uh, fall It season. starts in like October? three days. Yeah. And I'm actually excited for um, Oksama ga Setukaicho and uh, the one about the guy who can see spirits. And so like he hangs out with like Yuki, Yuki Ona, the licking girl. He has a 
uh, the the friendly spirit who hangs out in homes. I forget what they call them. Um, hmm. And like fox girls, basically, you know, demon girls hang out with him. So it looks good. I'm I'm looking forward to that. But really, that's it. Like two anime. Everything else was like mech anime with boy and girl. Boy gets into mech and suddenly knows how to pilot it. High school anime with boy and girl. You know, slice of life K-on anime. Yada yada. Like, no, no thank you. Not interested in any of those. Give me something that I'm interested in. Sounds like you might be burning out a little. Mm, maybe that's why I'm like reducing like dramatically. I mean, I only have two anime this fall season that I'm going to be watching for sure. And I'm going back and rewatching, well, rewatching. I'm watching some older anime like I'm going to be watching Deers. Mhm. So, I've got that right now in the queue and of course I'm still watching uh uh Twin Star Exorcist. Yes. Which I think was pretty interesting because I did a time skip. Oh, okay. Don't tell me anything because I need to watch it. Yeah, I'll just say that where it's basically, you know, they have a time skip and it's just, oh, well, okay. Now I'm more okay with what they were trying to push before. Still not quite okay, but, you know. They're, it, it's better. It's better. It doesn't feel <laughs> quite as weird when you have middle, you know, middle school students and you're like, all right, fuck. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, hey, buddy, fuck. Yeah, I'm sure, that does happen. I mean, the world is full of a lot of weird things, but this is anime. I'd rather not see two middle school kids get get it all. All right. Well, my first piece of news is: Do Japanese men like it when? Real women speak in anime-style voices. It's, it is it is a survey. As long Yay. as I say Onichan. Onichan? Yes. And then, of course, you have your girlfriend call you that, and, and you're walking around, and she's like, wait, no, stop, stop. And she's just like, yes, I shall torture you with this. You want me to call you that, don't you? Onichan. It's, no, please, stop. No one's looking at us. I'm sorry. So, to... <laughs> So 200 male college students were asked if, if they like it when real-life women speak in anime-style voices. 36.2% of respondents said they like women speaking in anime voices just fine. It's cute. <laughs> Was one of the most common re- reasons given for pro-anime voice camp, with many other explaining that since they like anime, they also like to hear similar voices emanating from actual women. Hmm. However... of the survey participants casting their votes against women speaking anime voices simply didn't like the sound itself, calling the anime voices shrill, too hyper, and just plain annoying. Well, it depends on the anime. I mean, you watch some animes and it's just like, yes, assault me with that deep, sultry voice, you dirty, tatty girl. They don't work well with a real person, offered one detractor. And several other expanded on that by calling anime voices unnatural or fake sounding in a real world setting. Uh, it's creepy because it makes me feel like she's not living in the real world, said one of the harsher respondents. Wow. I think there's going to be, there, there's definitely bullying when that happens. For us, just like, I have a naturally anime voice. And people are just like, 33% of you like it. 
Majority of you want to kill me. Yep. But just like some people enjoy escapist entertainment, so too were there survey to participants who don't who don't mind some escapism in women's voices, stating why he liked women who speak in anime style voices. One survey part- participant said, "You don't get many chances to hear that kind of voice live and unrecorded, proving that one man's oral pain is another man's pleasure." Live, unadulterated, uncensored anime voices. What are we going to be doing on the bed? Hmm. Hmm. Ah, delicious. Just uh, sipping away at my Diamore. It's the last glass I have of it. How much have you had to drink today? Just one glass. Just the glass for this show, you know, just to <clears throat> just to loosen things up a bit, you know. Get a little, don't worry. I'm not going to play the guy who turns everything into a sexual joke this week. Oh, thank you, God, especially <laughs> considering the anime that I have to review this week. If you had made a single sexual, if you make a single sexual joke about it, I will hurt you. Well, you'll have to reach through this microphone to get to me, missy. All of a sudden, it's like I hear a banging on my wall. What was that? <laughs> well, Little do you know that I am actually a, a spirit. You're going to ghost over here. It'll be like, uh, you're going to help me make a clay pot. Yeah. And by the end of the clay pot, it's just a big middle finger. It's like, what? what the fuck? Well, my next piece of news is actually about a figurine. Oh. Yes, a life-sized one. We both have life-sized figurine news, then. Interesting. Well, my life-sized figurine news here is about a Japanese collector who bought one of the most expensive and exclusive life-sized figurines ever made. Wow. Back in January, uh, they... There was this life-size figurine from the anime light novel uh, series Saikano, or How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It was created by Aniplex, and it was a 158 centimeter, or 62.2 inch tall figurine, which depicted the main character Megumi Kato in a pose based on an illustration by series creator and designer Kurahito Masaki, and only 10 were ever made. Wow. Yes, this is basically, you know, one-to-one scale Megumi figure here. She's just a little shorter than a full-grown Japanese adult. Well, the 10 lucky winners whose applications were selected through a drawing had the privilege of forking over a whopping 1,980,000 yen or $19,602 to purchase the life-size model. And while the successful applicants waited anxiously to receive their beautifully crafted figurines, the rest of us could only ever dream of being able to afford such an expensive product. One such man finally received his life-size figurine, brought it into his home, receiving like the box, and he took a bunch of pictures. And let me tell you, this guy's house basically screams like this. This dude is like, I gotta show you. Just 
look, look at his house. That's like, this guy's a rich guy. And he's buying figurines. Like, I look at the pictures of his room and, it's, and like, the figurine room. It looks like a trophy room. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's like, oh. Um, I remember when this thing got announced. Yeah. So it's just, it's just like, ah. Oh, Damn. I mean, that's a nice house. When you, like, when I see a bunch, you know, you think of, like, a typical otaku, it's like, you know, but no. A typical otaku can't fucking afford that shit. Yeah. Typical otaku can't afford that shit. Typical otaku also doesn't have a, I mean, this, I. We can't afford a house like that because we like anime too much. Yeah, well, this guy can afford it. I don't know what the fuck he does, but it's just like, he's got marble floors. A big screen television. It looks like he has like that wall that's made out of like the, the, uh, like the, like he's got like a wall made out of the stone tile. He's got, oh, yeah. You know, he's got this overlooking, uh, balcony that it has like, it overlooks his, uh, his living room. And he has a room dedicated to figurines that looks like a trophy room. That it looks beautiful. Like, this is the kind of anime house I want. Give me. Like, when I go to Japan, this is the house I'm building right here. I'll invite the guy over and he'll be like, oh, this house looks a little familiar. No, it doesn't. I didn't base it off of pictures I saw of your house. It's like, wait a second, isn't that one of the ten figurines that... No. Maybe. And it's just a girl. She's like, please help me. I'm stuck in this pose. Shh. I'm paying you to be like that. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Dude spent a lot of money on a figurine, put it in his house that he has a lot of money to show off. And it's just like, all the comments are basically like, wow, that's a great figurine. My comment would be like, what the fuck do you do? Your house is <laughs> ginormous. Compare- you live in Japan, bro. How in the fuck do you afford a house like that? Yeah, seriously. All right. Well, my uh, second piece of news um, has to do also with a life-size figurine, but this time of Ayase from Orimo. Yes, your favorite anime, your favorite ending ever. My favorite ending. Yes, just like brother and sister forever. Or are uh-huh. they? So yes, uh, fans were allowed to vote um, as uh, in honor of Tsukasa F- Fushimi's 10th anniversary since his debut as a light novel author. Fans were allowed to vote which character from his more famous light novel series, Orimo, would be converted into a life-size statue. The result was announced, and it was Ayase, who received about 40% of the vote. Fan input also sought for a sort of pose she would strike, and as you can see, they want her to lift her skirt. Of course. Yeah. Teasingly, though, not like full-on lifting no. skirt like panties. Like she's showing a little leg. Yep. She's just like, and they're like, oh, you want to see a little bit? You know, she's got like the scowl because she's the yonder day girl, and it's just like I'm only doing this because, you know, it's your. How would she respond in the anime? 
I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to chop your dick off after this. So enjoy. Yes. So because so uh, because Kirino and Koronako also received a lot of fan support, statues of them will eventually be sculpted as well. Fans chose to have Kirino wearing a maid uniform and to have Koronako striking on yeah. Yeah, her famous Nyan pose. The statues will be sculpted by Figure X. Details like prices and pre-order dates can be expected in the fall and winter. There you go. So I imagine this, uh, my, the previous news guy, he'll probably own one of each. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Just be like, yeah, just take it out of my, uh, take it out of my checking account. All right, well, that brings us to our reviews. Yes, and I think this will probably be mm, possibly the last week of reviews, and next week will be previews. It depends on how much comes out. Yes. Because I know the fall season should be starting now, and some things are coming out, but, I mean, I'm only going to have two anime to uh, preview, so you, it's going to be a very short. You should at least watch one preview. Uh, you should preview at least one anime that you didn't intend to. Mm, Come on, you you can do it. There's really nothing I want to preview. It's all dumb stuff. You got to force me to watch something dumb. You got so much. You got I mean, bungle yeah, straight we dogs. have to sometimes. We don't always give like glowing reviews of everything. I think our fans technically kind of like it a little bit more when we go off. When we torture ourselves for their pleasure. Yeah, I mean. Bunch of sadists. Why, why do you think Manga Pulse is so popular? I think Manga Pulse is popular because pizza? No! And, 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 uh, and stuff like. You know, stories about Super Cop and, uh, and probably, you know, um, great news! Comic-Con is coming. Yeah, again. There's all of that. <laughs> Which, by the way, are they dead? No, I don't, they're not dead. He, Welltall posted, um, on Twitter the other night that they were doing a show. Dear God, it's been forever. Seriously. He also got into like a mild Rant. disagreement with Blonde. Oh, what what did they disagree about? Uh what the definition of processed foods is. Oh, okay. Well that's fine. I thought it'd be something more like political or you know something more about some dumb thing that I I would be like, Oh dear God, why? But no, it's okay. Processed foods, that's that's silly enough where it's just like, all right, gluten-free, get out of here. Although my dad's girlfriend's a gluten-free person, so it's like, yeah, I got to make stuff. And it's, you know how difficult it is, is to is make she, tasty is, desserts uh, gluten-free? So difficult. So very difficult. Well... I think I'm going to go first for this one. Okay. Talk about your pervy anime. It's not perverted. It's sweet and innocent and beautiful. Okay. 
Go on. <laughs> I have been like regretting picking this because I'm just like, oh, it's so wholesome and cute, and Red's gonna do horrible things to it. Oh, you don't even know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> As everyone's like taking off their headphones, like, oh god, Red's doing the licking thing again. Stop it! Get your tongue out of my ear. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm doing sweetness and lightning. Sweetness and lightning. All right. All right. If you remember, it was that, uh, anime that came out last season about a young girl and her father who is a single dad. Oh, okay. Is this a young girl or is it like a... She's like six. Oh, okay. Then maybe I remember it. Well, how am I going to yes. turn that into something perverted? What do you think I am? Some kind of sicko? Yeah, the guy in the... In the in, in, no, I'm not going to even go there. How dare you? It's a beautiful... You've gone there before with elementary school kids. Yeah, but that's like Komodo no Jikan, and they're hitting on a teacher. And, you know, they're basically sluts, and, and they act like that. But this is like, you know, a sweet and soft story. And yeah, I'm going to doing no i'm not gonna do anything to her because that's kind of like what's gonna happen with me someday i'm gonna be a single dad raising a daughter i'm not gonna say anything weird okay so we open up we open up with a man waking up at his desk but at the hands of his daughter his daughter is really short and has big poofy curly hair and she's kind of adorable. And you can tell almost immediately that she's clearly based, uh, like, you know, she's clearly voiced um, off of an actual uh, small child. Because it doesn't sound like, Okay, so it's it, like they actually have a child actor doing it? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's that's good. That's proper. Yeah, so it's a nice break, really. Um, and so he gets up and he starts making her, uh, her lunch and her breakfast while she's watching Magic Girl, I think is the anime that she likes to watch every morning Magic and Girl. afternoon and evening. Okay. Um, he drops her off at preschool and then goes to work and we find out that he is an assistant math teacher. Oh. So, he also wears glasses. That makes him my brand. <laughs> Just because someone wears glasses, it makes him your brand? He's a teacher. Oh, a teacher who wears glasses. Okay. Yup, he's... Mm, nice. Does he wear a suit or a tie? Or yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, and his name is Kyohei Inuzuka. Okay. And so one day, he and uh, his daughter get up, and they decide that they're going to go see the cherry blossom viewing. Because all the cherry blossoms are out, and it's everywhere is pink, and it's nice. And so they get there, and uh, Sumugi, his daughter, spots a girl crying by a tree. And so she gets off, like, his shoulders and 
walks over and is just like, hey, are you okay? And the girl's just like, oh, yes, I'm crying because what I'm eating is so good. And my mother was supposed to be here, but she couldn't come. But I, I'm still so happy that I got to eat the food that she made for me because it tastes so good and I can tell all the care and, and preparation she put into it. And Sumi being, you know, a, like a five or six year old kind of looks down at the box and her stomach growls and she's just like, oh, oh my God, I'm sorry, I, I ate all of it. And so she gives her a card. It's just like, this is like the card for the restaurant that my family runs. Please come by sometime. And that night, um, they're sitting, she's, uh, watching something, and this is when we learn that, uh, we learned, like, a little bit just before this that, uh, Kyohei's wife has died about six months ago. Ooh. So, yeah, he's a single father having to deal with that. And a daughter that doesn't understand the concept of death yet. So she just thinks that her mother is gone. And that she's going to come back. And so she says, can you write to mommy and tell her to make some good food for us? And uh, he just he just starts crying and he he picks her up and calls the number on the on. on the card that they got and is just like, please, I just want to give my daughter a really good meal. Uh, can you like hold the spot for us? And the woman on the line is just like, yes. Okay. Even though she sounds a little bit hesitant at first. And when she gets there, it's the girl from earlier who was at the cherry blossom viewing. And she's just like, my mother isn't here. So we're actually supposed to be closed today. And Kyohei is just like, oh, I screwed up so bad. He's just like, I'm sorry, Sumugi, we have to go. And she's just like, no, wait, I can make rice. And she takes out the this pot and she's just like, I can, I, I, I can do this. And so they go, they go through the entire rice making process and it's a big to do. And they kind of like bond over that moment. And they, like, the three of them eat the rice together. And it's really delicious and awesome. And, uh, we also figure out that this girl is in, is in Kyohei's class. Oh? Yes. Erica, so this is what student. you were talking about, right? It wasn't the thing, anything yeah. about the father and daughter. It's all about... The student and teacher. Which, I mean, I kind of have a soft spot for it, too, being who I am. But thankfully, nothing has happened between them. Because then Rio's like, she must go. I must replace her. (laughs) Yeah. Show up and Samugi's just like, who are you? I'm your mommy now. (laughs) I would date this guy. Like, seriously, I'd be like, yes, absolutely. I will help take care of your daughter. And from then on, Rio was never heard from again because she became anime. Yup. <laughs> um, so at the end of the episode, uh, Kyohei says to Sumugi that 
just like, from now on, I'm gonna, like, cook good food for you, just like this, and she, and she's all happy, and he's, like, crying again, and, um, oh, god, uh, what is, uh, oh, the girl's name is Kotori. Mm -hmm. So Kotori, uh, says that she would like it if, because she's alone all the time, like, Will you please eat dinner with me? Like, I'll teach you how to cook. And you can feed your daughter good food. And I won't be alone. And that's how the first episode ends. Okay. Yeah, so it's a really cute and sweet anime, basically about him raising his daughter and learning how to cook with this with this girl, Kotori. And kind of the... Uh, like how each of them as a character grows and like Kyohei learning to like listen to his daughter more and understand that she's having a hard time going like with uh his wife's death just like Kyohei is. Right. And we also see that uh Kotori has like a issue with knives. We don't quite know why yet, but obviously something happened when she was little that makes that has made her very afraid of knives. Hmm. There are two other characters, uh Kyohei's best friend and Kotori's best friend, who are both blonde. One of them has is like the twin tails with like the snaggle tooth at the, at the corner of her mouth and mm -hmm. she's not quite a tsundere, she's just, you know, has that kind of cat personality. Right. And Kyohei's best friend is like the exact opposite of him. He like smokes, uh, drinks. Doesn't like to party necessarily, but he works at a restaurant. Ah. And so it's it's just a really cute and sweet story about all of them, like, kind of interacting with each other and growing, like, as characters. And so I highly recommend it. I'm going to give it a download now. Hmm. It sounds like it will be sweet at some points. Like, the beginning of it will be a little bit like, oh, that's sad. And then it gets sweet. But then, like, I imagine the ending is probably going to be, like, the last episode would probably be something pretty, like, like something about the mother comes up again and the daughter gets seriously upset or something like that. That's all I can imagine. Um, that happened already where, um, they, they made a, uh, family recipe, which was dry curry. And the daughter said while they were walking home, mom's not coming back. Is she? Hmm. So maybe she's starting to understand. Yes. Hmm. Always a difficult and, time. Yes, like when a little kid like starts done starts to understand like what death is. That's always kind of a really frightening moment. I mean, I remember when I figured it out. I was walking down the driveway mm -hmm. with my mom, and I just kind of suddenly realized it, and it freaked me out. And I was like worried about everybody all of a sudden. I don't know exactly why I had such a weird childhood, but, like, death and sex, for me, like, I knew what they were from day one, because it just was a thing, and it was just like, oh, yeah, people die, and 
babies come from women. I knew there were no such things as storks and and there were there were no magical like you know they go off to a, a safe and happy land. No, they're they're dead. And I was born because you two got it on. See, I didn't know that part of it. I just knew that babies did come from women. I just didn't know the like how that happened. It's probably because when I was very young, I was well, I exposed myself to Playboys because my father stashed them up in the attic of our old house. And that would be like one of our favorite places to hide. My sister and I would go up there because it smelled like really old cedar. So it was like mm-hmm. a really nice, happy place to hide. And, you know, my father kept, he had a collection of over 100 Playboys. And I was just starting to read them. I would just read them and be like, huh, okay, I understand. And death, well, that came along with the Playboys. And so nothing ever really freaked me out. I understood things die and they're dead and they stay dead. Hmm. I know. Nothing ever like that freaked me out. I don't remember ever, ever having like a, a, like a traumatizing experience as a child. I mean, I cracked my head open, but that wasn't traumatizing. It was, (laughs) it was traumatizing for my sister who thought she killed me. (laughs) <laughs> I cracked my head open too. It was probably traumatizing for my best friend who thought she killed me. Yeah, my little sister. Like, I was chasing her around the living room. I jumped over a sofa, ducked under the so- the coffee table, brought my head up into one of the handles, had a big oh. hole in my forehead, and like my mother came out and I was clutching my forehead. Nothing was coming out, and she's like, "Pull your hands away. Let me see. Let me see." I pulled my hands away, and there's this quarter size hole in my head. And blood just goes, blub, starts gushing out down my face and just covered my hands. And my sister sees this and she shouts, I killed my brother. She runs upstairs and locks herself in her room, to which my mother then freaks out, throws me on a towel while she basically has to break down the door to get my sister out of her room to get both of us to a hospital where my sister had the privilege of holding a light and looking into my head while the doctor sewed it shut. Wow. Yeah. My mother nearly passed out because she was a nurse, but the doctor like took the needle and stuck it into the wound to give me Novocaine. So I wouldn't oh. feel anything. So, you know, <laughs> uh, she said I was squeezing her hand so hard that I nearly, I nearly uh, broke one of her fingers. And so she had to like swap out with my dad's hand. <laughs> oh, it was a good time. Yeah, I guess so. I can laugh looking back on it like, ha, 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 I nearly died. Ah. All right, so what's uh, your review? All right, so my review is of Seiken Sukai No World Break. Okay. Yes. So this anime uh, follows... Our special guy, or our main male protagonist, is name of Moroha Haimura, a guy born into a world where you can potentially recall your past life. Oh, cool. When this happens, you are sent off to a private school for training called Akane Academy, where you learn to harness the powers of your past life in one of two forms. Either... Wait, is this Assassin's Creed? No. <laughs> 
either as a fighter who can summon a weapon or a mage who can use a multitude of spells. Of course, Haimura can use both. Of course. He ends up recalling both of his past lives. While very cool, it does cause some headbutting between two girls, each one hailing from a respective past life that included Haimura. The first of the two we meet is Satsuki Ranjo, a loud and brash girl who brings back the classic Oh ho 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 ho! I've not seen in some time. In her past life, she was actually a princess in Haimura's sister. But she wanted to be more than just siblings. Of course she did. She can summon a sword, and her focus on fighting is speed. The second girl is Shizuno Urashibara, a quirky Ojo-sama type who likes to sleep in late and devalue women. In her past life, she was a sorceress and Haimura's lover. And the two of the two past lives that uh, Haimura hails from, this is definitely the darker one. She can use magic, and her focus is on freezing things. Uh, Shizuno and Satsuki constantly bicker over the rights to Haimura, though Shizuno usually has the upper hand in almost all of the arguments, because she's a very calm, collected girl who loves to play with Haimura and, you know, make Ranjo very jealous. The anime begins by showing us that Haimura is very powerful, defeating an enemy known as a metaphysical all on his own. This is what the school trains people for, is to become fighters and defeat these metaphysicals. Now that the school knows this and some higher-ranking individuals, Haimura is actually scouted to become a representative of Japan. This would give him a higher status for sure, but basically revokes any right of his freedom when he is called upon. Which uh, we also watch as Haimura goes and solves the troubles of the girls around him, helping Satsuki train and become stronger, helping Shizuno deal with her foster family who want her to marry into power, uh, you know, basically, you know, designing who she's going to marry. And helping out a couple of other girls who show up, including one who is sent to actually assassinate him. Oh. Yes. See, not everyone was happy with Haimura's ascension. And one individual in particular did her darndest to end him. However, in the end, all of these troubles and tests are nothing compared to the final boss. A dragon from Haimura's past lives who killed both Shizuno and Satsuki in, res- in their respective past lives. But of course, the power of love defeats all, and Haimura is able to shut this dragon down once and for all. It's in these last couple of episodes, however, that I began to lose interest. As Haimura ends up going bonkers when he thinks that Shizuno and Satsuki are killed again. And not a cool bonkers moment like Haloichigo or Nine-Tailed Fox Naruto. It's just him shouting and yelling and slashing and yelling some more. And really doing nothing to the dragon. My biggest problem with the series was the lengthy spellcasting time, where an enemy would just stand there and wait for them to finish their spell, including the final boss. I understood it when the weapon users kept the enemy busy, but there are times when Haimura is just, for example, standing directly in front of a giant electricity golem, chanting off a 13-paragraph poem, and the enemy just lets him finish. What? 
I get that Hamura is about to launch a really powerful attack, and you know this is a buildup for it. But that what the enemy is going to just stand around and be like, "I'm gonna let you finish. I want to see this." <laughs> Stupid enemies. That's who. Besides that one point, the combat flowed rather well, and Hymura worked together with his fellow classmates to defeat some of the enemies. Which is great, as too many powerful characters turn into lone wolves who tackle every problem themselves. I can appreciate an OP character who doesn't need help, but I can also appreciate a slightly OP character who welcomes help. Now, besides Hymura, Shizuno, and Satsuki, who are the big three we see the most of, there are a few others I should mention. There is, of course, Haimura's class, though only two of the three of the bunch really stick out, and by the end of the anime, they matter little. First, we have Maya Shimon, the world's best body pillow, as she puts it. She's a lolly who wants nothing more than to be with Haimura 24-7. She has the ability to heal any wound received and prevent mortal injuries from occurring. Her sister is Mari Shimon, the principal of the academy, and has the largest rack around. Then you have Ellen Arashivana, a Russian girl who was actually sent to kill Haimura by the Emperor of Lightning, Russia's representative. When Haimura solves her problem, she falls for him and begins to call him Onichan. Of course. Yes. The great Lightning Emperor herself, whose name is long and hard to pronounce, is a major antagonist until Haimura beats her ass so bad she gets on her hands and knees and begs him to spare her life and that she would serve him. That got me a little chub. I'm just saying. Uh, okay. I mean, that, that, you know, he didn't even touch her and he was just like, I fucking killed your entire army of lightning golems and I just almost drowned you in a pool of water from... You give up now, and she's just like, I'll take off my clothes if that's what you want. And it's just like, you know, at that point, I would have just whipped up my dick and been like, well, it ain't gonna suck itself. <laughs> then you have Sir Edward Lampard and his maid, Angela Johnson. The two of them show up. Angela Johnson? Angela Johnson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the two of them show up to test Timura and see if he is really all that. Edward himself is a bit of a douchebag, but teaches Haimura some important lessons that actually lead Haimura freezing half a countryside, and Edward, as he recalls more about his dark mage past life. Afterwards, Edward leaves his maid with Haimura to help him defeat the Lightning Emperor, which leads to some of the best character development for Haimura, as Angela teases him sexually, and to her great surprise, Haimura is all about getting into bed with that. Though it's difficult to say if Haimura himself was just messing with her or not. Honestly, though, the pairing was probably the most amusing portion of the anime. I think what I really ended up liking about Haimura was his honesty. In almost all respect, he was honest about his feelings. A girl in his class had trouble deciding on a bathing suit for an upcoming beach episode, and he's there to tell her why she should wear the bikini. He doesn't freak out easily, like waking up to finding himself being hugged by a very naked girl and rationally figuring out what's going on. He's what I like to refer to as an honest pervert. A character, typically male, 
who likes perverted things and has no qualms about voicing himself as such. He doesn't cross the line like Issei from High School DxD, however, who is a blatant pervert. But he's also not some limp dick who shrinks away from tits and ass and gets flustered like a ten-year-old. This I like. Animation was done by Doi Media, studio behind works like Astorate no Omocha, Campione, and Madodachi Tachi ga Isekai Karakuro so Desuyo. I liked it for sure, though I think I'd have to place it in the average side of animation spectrum comparatively. There's really nothing memorable to say about the voice acting, it was pretty average all around. And for my favorite character, I have to give it to Shizuno Urashibara who was by far the best of the girls in Haimura's harem. She's got the looks, the body, and the personality. Much like Haimura, she too is an honest pervert. She loves to kiss him, especially in front of the other girls. She purposely does perverted things with Haimura to tease him about her behavior when they first met, where he claimed her actions devalued women. She is very saucy when it comes to defending her place with Haimura, but for the most part, her attitude is pretty cool. There is only one point she becomes slightly embarrassed, and it is by far the gosh darn most adorable moment to see her blushing. And that ends my review, which I will be giving Seiken, uh, Seiken Sukai No World Break a crackers. Crackers and a download now, not bad. Yeah, make a sandwich with that. <laughs> a couple crackers, a little download now. There you go. Munch, munch, munch. I think that about does it for another successful episode of Anime Pulse. Yes, indeed. And as always, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us uh, next week. Potentially previews, potentially more reviews. Depends on what comes out and how much has come out. Well, I'm looking at stuff right now, and it seems like a lot of stuff has come out. Well, a few things came out this week, but, like, a lot of the things that are coming out at the beginning are a lot of those really shorts, shorts that, I mean, there's one thing in there that you might like called, like, Yanbot, which Yanbot. I was like, that sounds like, the, it looks a little bit like your uh, Nyanbana anime. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, Rio might like that. And then I saw the Bungu Stray Dogs, and I was like, oh, she's definitely not like that. <laughs> But both of the anime I do want to see come out in October. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to previewing both of those. I mean, we may just have one preview this season because, in all honesty, there really isn't that much to really talk about. It's a lot of rinse and repeat kind of anime. Fall is not a good season for anime. It's where a lot of the mm, backlog anime kind of shows up. Where it's like, yeah, you weren't really popular enough to bring interest in spring, and you weren't, you definitely weren't going to be striking enough for summer, so we'll throw you in fall. I mean, at least in winter, they experiment. They're like, you know what? I don't know about your anime about a pickle that turns into a cat, but we'll give it a shot. <laughs> I really wish they would do a sequel to Don, to, uh, Don Yatsu. That, that was such a good anime. I think I may have seen something about that. The Donut Cat one, right? Yeah. I think I saw something about that. 
I believe cool, it is getting a second season. Awesome! I, I'd have to look it up, but I think I saw a news article about that in the past where they talked about Don Yatsu, and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about that. Alrighty. So, thanks everyone for joining, for listening, and until next week, as always, keep watching, keep listening.